Welcome. You're listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio, a podcast for anyone who is thinking about starting or is already a few years deep into their own wedding venue business. Whether your property is on the beach or in the middle of the country or smack dab in the heart of downtown, this show is designed for you. I'm your host, Ami Quirconi. I'm the author of How to Turn Your Rural Property into a Wedding Venue Business, and I have a new business book called The Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business. I'm a business coach, consultant, former wedding venue owner, and I'm here to help you. So if your dream is to be your own boss by hosting one of the best days a family has in their lives on your property, then you're in the right place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wedding Venue Radio. For those of you who are fans and have already binged every episode, you probably have noticed that I have been on a hiatus for about a year now. And um, and if you just discovered the podcast and are listening to everything back to back, then you have absolutely no clue that I've been gone for a bit. Um, but for those of you who have been faithful listeners, I just wanted to give you a quick update. Um, I actually did buy a brand new piece of property. So I am the proud owner of five acres and a house up in the Snohomish County area. Um, super excited about it. And so my year off from podcasting has been because, well, one, I'm absolutely loving being outside and and working on everything. And then number two, um, I've actually had pretty lousy internet access out here. And so it's been a while as I've been fine tuning my access to technology, um, and being able to republish and rebroadcast again. But Anyways, uh, again, super happy. Kids love it. Uh, For the million-dollar question that I get from wedding venue clients is, am I going to turn it into another wedding venue? And the answer is no. Um, My kids have made me promise that I give them some uh, space on the property and not have to worry about having guests out here again. Um, But anyways, so that's where I have been, if you've been wondering. And I'm back again. And What I wanted to talk about today is a question that actually comes up when I'm coaching with people who are getting into the wedding venue business and they're concerned. And, you know, I talk about this in the book as well about how there's risks in doing a business like this. And one of the biggest risks, honestly, is just that people are completely unreliable (laughs) Um, and you never know what you're going to get. And so when you have um, a bunch of people coming out to your property showing up, you're serving alcohol, you've got a lot of emotions going on. Yes, there's always a potential that something can get a little too overdramatic and can really just kind of suck the fun, not only out of the event for the couple, but also for you as a wedding venue owner and deciding that you just want to give it all up and never do this again. And But before somebody actually starts to host their wedding, there is natural anxiety. Like, how am I going to get everybody to behave? How am I going to make sure that nothing goes wrong? And of course, you know, we have no control over any of those things. However, um, there definitely is an ability to be able to manage everything as well as we possibly can. And, you know, when we think about misbehaviors, especially around weddings and stuff like that, it, you know, I always have to remind people, and I do this in the other coaching that I do in, um, in working with um, business leaders, business owners, whoever it may be, we always have to remember to assume good intent, right? And that is, you know, nobody sets out to do anything wrong. I mean, yeah, there's a few real jerks out there in the world that know that they're misbehaving. They know that they're breaking a rule. They know that what they're up to is shenanigans and they're going to steal something, take something, hurt somebody, whatever it is. But the honest truth is, is that that's pretty rare. And most of the time when we deal with something that we would call like a misbehavior or something, um, it's really been, I mean, from our own personal experience, 
it's because we probably didn't know we were crossing a line, right? Like there was some um, rule or expectation that we were being measured or held against and we didn't know it. And then we end up crossing that line and then we end up hurting someone's feelings or doing something wrong or uh, behaving in a way that was inappropriate, right? And so when talking about how do we get um, good behavior out of people, especially at a wedding, you know, sometimes people think that, well, the easiest thing to do is just restrict alcohol, right? Like no hard alcohol, only beer, wine, and champagne. But come on, you and I, all of us know, you don't need alcohol (laughs) to have misbehaviors. You can have a bad attitude. You can have a lack of, you know, people still being dirty and unclean, lack of disrespect, or what appears to be a lack of respect for people's properties. And sometimes misbehavior can come from just a lack of supervision, right? Somebody just not telling you what to do, where to go, or in the case of children, you know, what you're not supposed to get into. And so... That's why in my experience that, uh, you know, what I have actually found is that the best way to head off um, any problems that you're going to have is not wait until the day of the event and then cross your fingers and hope that you've got the stamina to keep everybody in line, but it's actually to set expectations early, clearly, and communicate them repeatedly if need be. And again, we want to remember and assume that people want to be good and they're not going to be jerks on purpose. And so if we continue to treat people respectfully um, and to be clear and with our minimum requirements that we have for doing business together, and then we let them take responsibility for meeting them, 9.9 times out of 10, you end up with a great event with no hassle. And so in this episode, what I want to do is I wanted to break down the three basic steps that I take to make sure that everyone ends up behaving well at the event, even if you have tequila being served, okay? And so step one is define your expectations or your requirements, okay? And so what does this mean is these, think of these as your policies, right? These are, um, what are the, what are the things that if everything went well and if, um, all these things happened, you'd be happy with that, right? So one is how do you want your property be, to be treated? You know, do you have some rules or expectations on how people will treat the property, the buildings, the trees, the flowers, right? Think about what that list is involved, right? Another one is what condition do you want the property to be at the end of the event? right? Do you want it to be spotless? Do you want it to, um, you know, be minimally cleaned? Uh, You know, whatever that actually is. Also, you have to think about how do you want to be treated? And what that means is what are you going to be doing for the couple as the venue owner and venue representative? And what aren't you going to be doing from them unless you're actually going to get paid extra, right? So what are your services you're providing and what aren't you providing, right? Now, another one that you want to think about with your expectations and requirements is how do you want to be paid, right? This is what we would call a payment plan or a payment policy. Do you have it written down when you want to receive payments from people um, and how much do you actually want to get, right? Set that requirement or expectation early. Also, you want to think about what is acceptable behavior at an event and what isn't right? And of course, we all have, you know, our own preferences on, you know, sometimes people don't like hearing a lot of cursing. Um, Sometimes people, you know, uh, we want to try to control the other behaviors, how loudly people are talking or whatever it is. But I always say that when you're thinking about your expectations and requirements, your step one, focus on behaviors that expose your business to risk, okay? So, are there any behaviors that are going to be alcohol related, like around consumption of alcohol, right? What's legal, what's not legal? 
thinking about what kind of behavior that would be related to the supervision of children, right? Pets, what are you expecting for pets? What is acceptable, what's not acceptable? And then you also want to think about, are there any behaviors or anything that could happen at your event that might be related to code violations, right? Because as a business owner, you have to be thinking about that. So think about when you go out to a restaurant or a club and they won't let everybody in, right? They're thinking about over-occupancy. They're minimizing how many people they'll let into that uh, venue because of safety regulations, right? Well, those kinds of things also apply to your venue. So what kinds of behaviors do you not want to have happen so that you don't have a code violation? like over-occupancy? Are there any things related to fire or burn bans that can happen? Um, And for people that have venues in areas of the country where wildfires can be a real thing, yes, we experience burn bans in the summertime. And so we want to think about like, is it acceptable for people to show up and have fireworks at your event? Or do you need to have a a requirement or expectation on when that's okay and when that's not okay? All right. And then when you're thinking about your expectations or requirements, and this is a hard one for venue owners, everything else you have to let go because at some point in time, you cannot control every little aspect of how a hundred people are going to show up and what they're going to do, what they're going to say, what kind of music they're going to play, how loud they're going to be. Though, of course you can control noise ordinances and et cetera, but you may not agree or have fun with every group that comes out there right? But you got to let it go, okay? Because that's not the kind of behaviors or expectations that we're trying to set, okay? So step one to making sure you have good behaving people is to define what your expectations and minimum requirements are. And then step two is create consequences for not meeting them, see? And this is the question or the area that when I'm coaching somebody and they're like, how do I get everybody to fall in line? You think that you're the last line of defense, right? That somehow you have to act like a bouncer at the wedding and you got to walk around and, and hope that people will listen to you, okay? What I said earlier in this episode, I'm going to say it again. If that is the way you're trying to control everything, you're already too late, Okay. You have to have different consequences in order for um, people to understand that if they don't meet your minimum requirements, that there is a cost of doing that. But before you can establish consequences, you actually have to assign the responsibility, right? And that means be clear about what happens if they don't take responsibility, okay? So it is thinking about like who's responsible. If you, if you want your minimum requirement is your venue to be clean at the end of the night, then you need to be clear about that. The responsibility of that is the cleanup is on the couple or whoever else, right? If you don't want damages on your property that you know can happen from kids running around and uh, behaving and being unsupervised, then you assign responsibility. Well, then who is responsible for that? It shouldn't be you, right? It should be somebody else. But you go through line item by line item and figure out, how do I know that this expectation is going to be met? Who's responsible for doing that? And then you assign the financial consequence of that. What happens if they don't meet this minimum expectation that we've established, right? This is why we have damage and cleaning deposits that we take down. If you look through my venue agreement, and I'll talk more about that at the end of this episode, um, I had fees, penalties, and fines for not making payments on time right? A consequence. Here's what the minimum expectation is for payments. Um, You are responsible for doing that couple. And if you don't do it, here's the penalty if you don't follow through. So people can lose their deposits, right? That's a consequence of not following through and meeting those minimum expectations. 
And then there's also establishing the fact that if they don't meet some of the other um, uh, requirements, say related to code violations, over occupancy, like you know bringing in too many guests or more guests than your venue can handle, or lighting off fireworks um, when there's a burn ban then you can actually also um, make it very clear who's responsible then for any fines, okay? And then the third step in making sure that you actually end up, again, getting good behavior is you've defined step one, what your minimum requirements are. You've defined step two, what your boundaries, or in other words, what the consequences are of not meeting that. And then in step three, the most important step is you communicate both of those clearly to the couples more than one time. Okay. And the best way that I was able to do that was through the venue agreement and use guidelines that I created. And you don't just communicate it one time. So the first time, and as you recall from my book, I talk about like when I put people and took them on a tour of the venues, I actually did talk about a lot of my policies right then and there. That way they could compare the different policies between my location to other locations. And so that's time number one. They start to hear about all these expectations and even what consequences are for not following through. Then the second time they heard about the minimum expectations and the consequences were when they signed the contract and got the copy of the contract and the use guidelines, and they got a copy of that to keep, so they always had them on hand. Then the third time, if you recall from the book, I told them I go back through all of the things again at the rehearsal when I'm able to meet with a couple in any of their wedding party or their other family members. And then the fourth time is the day of the event when you're actually talking to people that are there, working with whoever the project manager, in this case, a day of coordinator is for the event, and you're able to actually re-communicate what those expectations are to other people during the day. And so you can see when we're talking about being able to get good behavior out of everybody during a wedding day, this happens way in advance and it doesn't happen the day of the event. But it happens through clear communication. It happens by being very um, distinct about what you are expecting and then being very clear about what happens if those expectations aren't met and then always making sure that everybody understands what those rules and guidelines are. And if you're curious about getting a copy of the venue agreement, I wanted to let you all know that I've actually just created a new mini course and there's a link in the podcast notes that'll take you to it. And it actually has a full um, editable venue agreement and template that actually has a lot of these things that I just covered in this episode for you to be able to go down and break down. And you can actually see how I turned them into a part of the venue agreement. So it was not only just the rental contract that outlined what the payment was in the rental periods, but it actually did cover a lot of these expected behaviors for everybody. And again, communicating that early from the, from the first time I met the couple at their tour through when they signed the contract and revisiting all of those, like I said, running a wedding venue for, you know, six years, two locations and thousands and thousands of people. I rarely had any problems, um, with anybody not understanding what the rules are. And even if there was a misbehavior, there was somebody on site that understood what the consequences were and they were able to correct anything before it got out of hand, um, and turned into a problem. And so I do believe this will be something that you can find to be true really successful for yourself. And so I want to thank the um, clients out there that have asked me that question. Um, Hopefully this is going to provide you some insights into, uh, again, the three steps that I've always used to be able to make sure that everyone shows up and the day goes without a hitch. And so if you have any other questions, you are welcome to email me um, or and go to the website, weddingvenuebiz.com. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio. All of the information talked about in this episode can be found at weddingvenuebiz.com. 
There you'll also find links to the book, online courses, and a way to contact me if you have any suggestions for the show or are interested in business coaching. Until next time, have a great day.